Hello, spacers. Welcome to Starlight, a space opera. I'm Isaac, your host and GM for the adventures ahead. This show, whether you're watching or listening, is a labor of love, and one that we want to make the best for you. So if you can, take a moment to freely subscribe or share however is most comfortable for you. Thanks. Now let's plot a course to Starlight. Welcome to Starlight, guys, and we are happy to bring to you, our Patreon supporters, this very special prologue episode into our first guest. That's right, our first guest. We bring to you from across the Antimus galaxy, someone who is a bit of a star in his own right, but I've known to be more of a goofball, and uh, but a very, very cool cat indeed. Spencer, could you introduce yourself to those who are tuning in today. Yeah, so my name is Spencer. I'm on the Beasts as well uh, as Isaac. We both run together, um, but we're not here to run. We're here to play some d and I'm not too experienced, but um, I'm really excited for uh, just my guest appearance and hopefully being here more often. And yeah, like I said, just a warning, I'm, I'm a bit of a beginner. So uh, I, I also have a YouTube channel. If you want to check that out called The Athlete Special. It's pretty good. It's nerdy about running, and in the same way that this is nerdy about D&D, so let's roll some dice and do some nerdy-ass things. And with that, we jump into the Antimonous Galaxy, and the camera pans up at the Black Starlit Universe. Where we are is a little bit unknown for the moment. That is until a dragon, the biological ship that warps gravity, comes rocketing through the atmosphere. You can see fire coming off the sides as it seems to be breaking through what little bit of atmosphere there is, not much. And then it falls into this blue kind of hazy, almost misty topped moon known as Vindicus. What you first think is peaceful is not, as we zoom in closer to the front of the cockpit. Within, the alarm is going off, and you see a person by the name of Sir piloting, yelling frantically, telling those around him to batten down hatches, to fire back. They are being hunted as we watch laser bolts fire in and out from behind them. We look back with the camera and we see a sleeker vessel, one that kind of has like this greenish tone to it, almost insectoid, and has, if you could hear, like this like faint kind of buzzing, like a hive. You watch as two torpedoes come firing off as it follows down into Vimicus's atmosphere and slams into the side of the Arctic Fox. This beautiful dragon won in a game of gambling and we watch as Sir is kind of rocked in his seat back and forth. And running up to him, we see Butch, his second-hand mate. Please describe what you look like and what Butch looks like. 
Alright, first off, Butch, take my laser out of my pocket and start firing away because we are getting hunted down right now, man. What? Am I going to take it and fire it out in into space? Do you want me to walk right now? <sighs> Give me the goddamn thing. <laughs> Listen to me, Butch. I'm in charge of this ship here. The Arctic Fox has been around for a long time. As I said, I won it in a game of gambling, and I do not plan on losing it today. So please, defend the ship with honor. By the way, I'm a 45-year-old man, and I, I've i seen some things here and there. Uh, for the most part, I, uh, I delve in crime, but I don't like to tell people that often. And Butch is just... Butch is my... For lack of a better term, he's a bit of my bitch, and he does what I say, and he can be a complainer at points, and he's a smaller guy than me, and, uh, you know, he's a good friend at the end of the day, though. He, he, he obeys my commands, and at the end of the day, we, we have a good time together. And, uh, and as you kind of grab the front of the joystick, you feel as Butch just is shaking his head and then runs back to his station where two other crewmates are firing back. You go back into piloting the ship and as you come and swing the vessel down, you hear the alarm going off. There's smoke trailing off. You're not sure where. You can just feel, as dragons are almost like half alive, you can almost feel the pain of the, the ship and it starts to strafe downwards at a almost incomprehensible angle, almost about to slam into the side of what you can see is like a uprising, almost like iceberg of a mountain. I need you to go ahead and use a vehicle handling check to see if you can move the vehicle out of the way in time. Okay. Hey, Tony to start. You're bringing it up hot. As you are getting this visual of almost like kind of like this moving some sort of liquid on the bottom and you see tons of ice and other things across the surface. You see two options as you're trying to move the vehicle out of the way. You can try and move it up at the right angle and pilot it up and over or you see just as the iceberg is about to slam into another one, a thin angle that you can fly through. All right, listen carefully, Butch, and the rest of the crew. We're going to be ripping this puppy up immediately. The vehicle goes flying up. The ones right behind you, they manage to pull up at the last moment, but you catch a little bit as one of their back wings catch one of the sides and a little piece of just like biotech goes flying off, but they manage to come over the top with you. Now, as you can see, you both have two injured ships and you are both doing damage control. Your ship is gliding but coming down very quickly. An alarm comes up, you kind of ping into that and you can see that you are losing fuel quickly. There are, in the distance, not much to see. Go ahead and make a perception roll. Five plus three, eight. Butch calls back. I don't know if we can hold on much more, Captain! And fires. You look out and you see nothing, really, except an expanse of sea and ice. 
there are, in the distances, a few more icebergs that you can see. You are losing altitude quickly. Can I do a vehicle handling check on, on trying to land the thing somewhere? First, I want you to go ahead, as you've already made this check, a perception check with disadvantage as the ground is moving or the ocean, whatever it is, is moving quite quickly beneath you and it's hard to see what is ocean and what is ice or land. Two. You don't see anything, but you do notice as the ship's going down, they seem to be following after you. Bert and the rest of the crew, once again, hold on tight. We're gonna try to pretend to land this puppy, but last second we're gonna pull up a little bit right above this icy cold ocean type uh, liquid. I have no clue what is down there, but I'm not risking landing this thing just yet. We have low fuel, but you know, I think that we'll be able to hopefully get these other guys off our tails so we can land a little bit safer. You hear affirmatives and then another voice calls back and it, it is Lila, your engineer, as well as a scientist that you picked up. It's nitrogen! I told you that! I didn't sign up to die! Lila, if it's nitrogen, there's no way in hell we're landing this ship in nitrogen, so we're pulling up for sure. Hopefully the enemies don't notice that and they land right into the puppy, but get ready to pull up. I want you to make a deception roll with the ship as you're going to bring it down. So, eight. Eight? You open the landing, like the landing platform starts to open up. You put out the legs to make it look like it. And the other uh, vehicle that's following you stays and hovers above you. And then they just fire straight down upon your vehicle. Again, they miss. Butch fires back from the cockpit gunner system. and. It scores a hit along the underbelly, and you watch as the last of the shields on the hole of, of the ship bursts into flames and disappears unguarded. Butch goes, ah, scored a hit. Now, as you are starting to move forward across the land and getting a better sight, you can go ahead and make another perception roll. <clears throat> you do not see anything. It's hard to see, not only that, the there seems to be this like white mist that's coming up and ruining all of your sensors and data it's look vindicus is a moon that no one goes to it's here on the core worlds and it is seen as nothing more than a dust ball and that was the reason you brought them here hoping to lose them and now it seems to be working against you as whatever other material is part of this moon is scrambling your own instruments the ship the one that's chasing you and now it comes over exactly the top of you pulling up all right crew looks like we're not going to be able to get rid of these guys but we're starting to get to the point where we need to either bounce or land so i'm gonna have i'm gonna ask you guys straight up do you want to stay or do you want to go on this moon area because we're low on fuel and these guys are still on us so we, we got to lose them somehow so your crew all calls back in butch goes you're gonna need this pistol as we're gonna go down and uh lila also calls in i'd rather land than crash 
and you get the last crewmate who just hits an affirmative. They're putting it all into your hands. All right, folks, prepare for landing. We're gonna try to land on this water substance, nitrogen, right? Butch, you've been a great mate for all these years and hopefully it doesn't end today. Why do you gotta say it like that? And Lila, you're a great engineer or whatever you are. And yeah, we'll leave it at that for now. Do you want to use vehicle handling to try and bring it down once more? Yeah. Eight. The ship goes down and it immediately hits the nitrogen, the dragon skidding across almost like a rock thrown across the surface of the lake. Bits and pieces of it are falling off. I need you to go ahead and roll a die 100. Or 90. The other ship, thinking that you are landing, tries to follow after it. Them. But your troubles are not done yet as everyone kind of yeah screams because up ahead you see a thin sheet of ice glacier kind of like material maybe some sort of rock and it is not smooth it has juts and ravines and crags and you are about to crash right into it. You can pick any skill that you think would help you land onto it but because you've used vehicle handling so much, I'm gonna give you disadvantage if you choose that as your skill to solve this problem. How about an acrobatics? How would you use acrobatics? We're opening up that door and we're all jumping. 20. You open the door, you Everyone, you bring them all straight into like the main area that everyone's kind of like in their second skin suits so that they can breathe. You leap. Just as the ship just kind of like hits and then bounces again, you manage to land and roll across the surface. <laughs> Lila splats into the side as she jumps and just gets impaled onto the side of a rock formation. <laughs> you don't see what happens to your gray pilot who the only person who makes it through following after you is Butch. <laughs> and then the ship and its pieces break apart and they into a ball of flames. And the thing that first catches you after the explosion is the cold, cold wind. Lila. Butch, Butch, you seem to be okay, but Lila, she's gone. Oh, I always did have a thing for her, but now it's just me and you, Butch. You're injured. I, I don't know. Can you walk? Can you? What, what's? What, what do you have? What, what can you do? I think I'm fine, Captain. Sir. Some broken foot here. 
kind of gets up, looks around, and... Uh, I also had a crush on Lila. <laughs> okay, Bush. Stop with the yapping. You seem fine enough. Back to it. Let's figure out how to get around over here. We got a perception roll on anything in the near us, and if the Arctic Fox is able to somehow still be boarded, or is it completely just ruined? I want you to go ahead and make a an investigation roll. Six. Butch, he pulls up his these binoculars, essentially that move things closer and it's busted. <clears throat> Throws them to the side, looks over and. Starts to make his way over to some of the the wreckage of the ship, and he starts to investigate around. And I don't see anything that's usable, Captain. I don't see anything usable at all. We're out of luck on this one. <sighs> all right, Butch. I'm taking out my flashlight, and I'm looking around a bit more. So hopefully, we see something now. Twenty. As you're looking through the wreckage of the ship, you find that there's a portion of like the engine core that is still intact, but more importantly, because it would take it would take a lot of people to put this entire ship back together, you find that somehow that your vials of hyperfuel did not get destroyed. So if you can get into another ship, you will be able to jump to another system, to another planet, just getting a ship, hailing people. You also discover that you find your emergency beacon, um, so you can send out a message for help if you need to. And the last thing that you find is a med kit with flesh spray, two of them in there. But also, you see in the distance, as you're looking around with your flashlight, some sort of structure that seems to be not natural, but man-made. It is a small, short, stout structure, and it's just more of a silhouette at this point. It is, you can just see as that it's short, domed, and there's like a faint pulsating, just kind of like green light coming off of it that you did not see before. It looks like a little bit of a walk there. Probably not too far for you, but it is going to be a bit of a walk for Butch. Butch, we're in luck. We got the emergency beacon. I'm going to go grab that real quick. And we also have all of our fuel still available. So this ship, the Arctic Fox, it looks like it's just about toast, but I think that we have a chance here. If we can just find a new crew, find a new ship. I know we've been through this before, Butch. We can do this. We can get out of this area, but it is getting late and I do see a structure over there. So I think we should head that way. But first I'm gonna grab my grappler, shoot it up to the ship and grab that emergency beacon and set it off so we can get someone maybe coming for us to help.
the wastes are cold, they are um, coarse, and the wind is pulling at the edges of your second skin suit. But there is a strange beauty to the moon as well. Even in the dark, it is almost as if the ground formation, almost this mix of stone and ice has this beautiful, almost kind of glow, like a, almost like a crystal at times that kind of like goes back and forth. Um, and you can, it's almost like you can see about 10 inches or so into the surface and you can see various minerals, almost like marble pockmarked in it. I need you to go ahead and make a survival check because as you take a step, part of the ground gives away with the You just barely pull your foot back in time, but you watch as it, there's this little hole that falls as far as your eye can see and then some, and you hear a little swoosh as it hits the water below, or not water, the nitrogen. One. You and Butch slowly make your way, but you, with Butch kind of just, And at some point, he slaps your pistol back into your hands. Um, but it's just, you guys are bumbling along, and that is probably why you don't notice the skittering of feet. And when you finally do, it's too late. You both flip your head back, and you see this four-legged, probably about the size of like a German shepherd, insectoid beast, has two mandibles, thin red eyes and incisors on the back of its tail, almost almost like a, a pincher bug. And you see three of them making their way towards you. Two are quite a bit smaller and one is quite a bit bigger. They are still about 30 feet away and Bush looks at you. Just, my weapon was lost in, in the... <laughs> Captain, do you want to stay and fight? <sighs> Butch, we're not close enough to that fortress or thing that we're walking towards to escape these guys. I could either put you away right now and put a bullet in your head and run, and I'll probably make it on my own. What? You could have put a... <laughs> I said that I could. I didn't say I would. Now... Be quiet and stand behind me. I'm taking out my laser pistol and I'm about to put these boys to sleep. You watch as the creature, the big one, comes skittering towards you. And as it gets about 20 feet closer, it starts to burrow into the ground with a... You can see half of its body is below the ground and little bits of cracks are starting to make their way towards your feet. And I need, as the cracks make their way, and it's breaking this kind of icy rock apart, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. 15, 15. All right, you jump to the side. Butch goes ahead and does the same thing. He jumps to the other side, away from you, and then from there, you watch as the other two come skittering straight at you, and they just kind of come up to your face and... And I'm just gonna whip out the pistol and start shooting at him. One shot goes right between the, the eyes, right on the forehead, and the other shot goes right in the mouth of that disgusting, vile creature. 
Butch, one down, two to go, baby. All right, so now I'm going to aim towards the one closer to Butch because Butch seems a bit useless at this point. So I'm just going to... How do you want to kill it? This one, since it's a little bit further away, first bullet kind of just grazes its butt a little bit. And then the second one kind of just shoots right into the back of its spine. Just dies and defecates while it dies. You notice as it falls to the ground and where that your laser bolt hits it in the back, you watch as about six dark larva-like shapes fall from outside of it and start to burrow into the ground, blood-like leaving little traces of yellowish pus. And they just, they have these like drill-like noses. The big creature, however, then starts to make its way towards Butch and it raises the bottom of its body and you watch from this like orifice that opens a spray of acid that flies into Butch's face. <laughs> just falls back and I need you to roll a die 100 roll for him. 20. 20. <laughs> Everything's dark. Grapples its two pincer-like arms around Butch, pulling it back into a tail that curls around his body to try and grapple him. And then the creature starts to burrow into the ground, going deeper and deeper. Butch, I love you, buddy. I got one shot. I've got one double burst left with my laser pistol. If I can get this, I can hopefully save you. But if not, I'm letting you know right now, buddy. I'm not following you down there if, the, if this thing drags you down. Oh, there's a two. <laughs> you miss. Slamming off the side, sending shards down as it is burrowing away. Butch, I'll try to grab him. Go ahead and use an athletics roll to try and grab onto the creature. 19. You grab it! It is unable to pull further. You hold it in place, butches, and they're... Butch, why don't you try to do something? Even though you can't see a thing, why don't you try to move or wiggle or... Christ, I'm trying to do everything here. Roll a charisma roll. 15. I want you to roll for Butch. Roll an athletics check with advantage versus the creatures. 10. The dice aren't with you. I just rolled a natural 20. <laughs> Butch is unable to, and you almost hear the sound of like the foot breaking further in the bone, like. I'm gonna try my absolute best here to, to continue to hold this creature still while reaching into my pocket and almost arm, but not hand, put the gun up to like my like chest area where I can take uh, or re start reloading just one bullet. You are going to need to do that as a survival check and you're going to have a DC of 13 to see if you can get it in. 
14. Pulling it up, using your two teeth, you grab a cartridge and it's shove it in. All right, I'm, I've got this creature basically strangling it in one arm. The gun's in the other. I'm just shooting it as hard as I can right in the spine, if possible. One. <laughs> the shot goes wild. As it breaks free from your embrace and continues scuttling down into burrowing tunnel that it's creating, you can hear the sound of humming, buzzing insectoid feet. You're not sure, like, you kind of put one hand up against the wall and you actually can feel it within the ground. Like, it's kind of slightly shaking. And then suddenly you feel as a bucket of cold water is dumped on you. Just. <laughs> You look up and you see your vision is filled with a light. You can't make out it's some sort of like shadowy humanoid figure and a rope drops down from the top of the tunnel and a voice calls out and goes, they're attracted to heat signatures. Come on, you got to get up out of here. And you just suddenly start shivering from like the bucket of ice. I love you like a brother, Butch. <laughs> And you know it's for the best. I'm sorry. I grab the rope and start climbing up. As your words echo, you hear Butch go, And it slowly fades off as you climb your way up the tunnel. A hand reaches out, a feminine hand grabs yours, pulls you up. And you are met by a half-elf, black hair, short cut. She's also wearing a second skin suit. You can see that she hers is a little bit more bulky and you realize it's some sort of an ice vest. She has another bucket of ice water and she dumps it onto you once more. And she goes, you okay? You didn't have to do it twice. I was fine after the first bucket of water and yeah, I'm fine, but I just lost one of my best friends. So I'm not doing great. Better someone else than yourself. And yeah, I did have to do it twice because someone thought it'd be a great idea to crash near our base. Yeah, yeah, things happen. Anyway, we gotta get out of here, right? Uh, where, where are we going? This way. And she starts to lead you carefully and quickly across the land to this domed base. The outside of which you see that there are various um, tripods set up on the outside with these like little like thin kind of machines on the top that are putting off some sort of a frequency that you can't hear and she goes it's to hold off the on kegs they don't like that frequency but they're more attracted to heat signatures and they'll push through that if they can and she points at the building and you can see dozens and dozens of scratch marks where sides of the Durastel plates have been pulled off and where things have been like welded back on. She goes up to like a, a bot that's floating above the door. It scans her eyes and the doors open. She's come on, come on, come on. And as she pushes you in, you hear one last just and you look back and you see hundreds of red eyes laced across the background of the dark.
there is like two rooms that kind of scan, like spray you down, killing anything like harmful bacteria off of uh, both of you. The woman looks at you. She goes, I don't know who the hell you are, but you're lucky to be alive. And it's also good to have someone else around. Well, we didn't get off on the right foot, but my name is Sir, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Sir? Is that some sort of a joke? Now, don't talk about jokes right now, ma'am. Half-elf. Filth. I just lost my entire crew today. It's been a long enough day for me. My name is Sir. Don't ask questions. Can you make a charisma roll? 19. She takes a step back. I'm gonna let that slide. Especially seeing as I haven't seen anyone for months. You're not the only one who's lost people. I've lost an entire station. My boss, other people that I worked with. The names of interest. Well, come on, sir, I'll show you around. I'm assuming from that crash, you don't have a working dragon or starship? I don't have much. I've got a beacon going right now uh, to hopefully find me. We haven't had any uh, luck quite yet. And um, not all of my fuel got blown up. I was able to get some of it, but the rest of it, I believe, is still at the ship. But yeah, we've got fuel. Um, we just need a new ship. Great. Great. Not that the fuel's not bad, but I've had plenty of beacons going too. No one flies past these dust balls. And if you did, I don't want to know what you're up to. But we're in this together now. And she takes you into almost like a kind of like what was once like a hangout area. Like there's a pool table. You can see like rationed out snacks. And she kind of slaps your hand beside as you go for something. And she goes, there's only one of those a day. Half now that you're here. I'm hoping my boss will send someone soon. Everything went wrong. Everything went wrong when we accidentally awakened those things. And I think with that, that is a good place to call the game. So everyone, thank you for joining in for Starlight, getting to hear the prologue of our first guest player, Sir, and this build up to how he will eventually meet the Spacers. Spencer, man, thank you so much. I can't wait for you to join up with everyone. Sir is awesome. This is sick. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. I, I, I don't want this to be a guest appearance because I feel like it's a good story, a great build-up. I love the one-on-one -on -one session, too. It was so fun. Dude, it's, it's the best. But um, we'll bring you more of your story, and who knows? Maybe Sir will make a more than one guest appearance. And with that, we will see you next Tuesday, Spacers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.